Welcome, welcome to Reset with Nat's Money Boosting Monday. I am your host, Natalie Walters. Now, before we boost our dollars, we got to get our financial portfolio right. Now, how are we going to do that? We're doing it through financial literacy, accountability, and sacrifice. If you've been joining me, then you know phase one, our focus is credit up, debt down. Many of us are out here paying off debt and planning for a prosperous and profitable future. How are we getting that done? We're being vulnerable, getting educated, and staying committed. Join me and a community of others on our debt-free journey and our money-boosting experience. Welcome back, everyone. Now, on today's episode of Money Boosting Mondays, I am happy to have a special guest. Today, I have Mrs. Nicole Williams. She is the author of Mrs. Moneybags, The Millennial Money Guide. Nicole Williams is on a mission to educate and inspire millennials to gain financial empowerment so they can live their best life. Now, since 2003, Nicole has worked in Canada's financial sector in varying roles, from a financial advisor to her current role as a mortgage agent. She is passionate for financial literacy and education and has garnered the attention of her peers and the community. Mrs. Williams has been awarded the prestigious 100 Black Women to Watch in Canada and the 150 Her Story in Black. Nicole's been doing a lot. She's also the creator of The Money Tube, and that's a popular YouTube channel that empowers today's millennials by helping them to walk through their financial destiny. She is also the co-creator of Money Boss Up, a financial academy offering intensive workshops that work directly with millennials to push them to achieve their financial goals in an intimate educational environment. Nicole is a motivational speaker, mentor, and financial literacy advocate. Nicole is also a wife and a mother. Now, without further ado, I'd like to welcome Mrs. Nicole Williams to Money Boosting Mondays. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Nicole, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. Good morning. Good morning, good morning. Um, Well, I'm here to talk about your wonderful book and a few other things that I really admire about you as a mortgage agent and an influencer. I see you as an influencer on social media um, who focuses on you know, just encouraging people to take care of their finances. And then also you're a mortgage broker. So you give a lot of education about how to handle that part of anyone's life. Okay. So I'd like you to introduce yourself to the guests on Money Boosting Mondays. So um, you did pretty, uh, pretty good job with an introduction. <laughs> so my name is Nicole Williams. Um, I am a mortgage. I look at myself as a financial educator, but I, you know, on a day to day, I am a mortgage agent helping individuals um, build wealth through real estate. Um, I've been in the industry, financial industry since 2003, have held many different roles from financial advisor to what I'm currently doing now, which is why I definitely look at myself as a holistic financial money coach. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Thank you. Well, you know, your book was great because I needed it at, at this time in my life. Um someone on Instagram actually referred me to your page. Okay. And when I saw that you had this book, I was like, that's perfect because I'm so tired of always being on a device. I'm always reading things on my phone and I work on the computer. So I was like, you know what? I want a book. 
hard copy is great so I like that and then the fact that you are a Canadian it helps like me because following the American um, way of doing dealing with finances or even finding out about mortgages doesn't necessarily benefit me so I like that as well um, the first part of your book was really great because the understanding your relationship mo with money was very important to me I'm 40, 40 years old and I'm re rebuilding my debt, like taking care of my debts, trying to build wealth, trying to understand money better so I can have a better relationship with money and see prosperity in my financial portfolio and then also be able to help my son. So um, when you started off the book with the money blueprint, what was your... What was your intention there? I know you have experience working with people, but, you know, you started off the book with that blueprint. How did you come up with that strategy? Um, because I've seen it. As I said, I've been in this industry since 2003. Mm -hmm. um, just even just going back to my own background and just my own um, vices growing up and learning about money, mm -hmm. you understand that, um, and I think in the times that we're currently facing, people are realizing that if anything is not built on a solid foundation it's built on sinking sand right. so you know um, someone might come into money someone can get a hundred thousand dollars today but if they don't have the financial wherewithal to understand their own relationship what their triggers are mm -hmm. what lets them do things or not do things the mentality to actually even receive and work and attain and achieve bigger and better then essentially it can all fade, you know? Yeah. And um, we talked about, I talked about this in the book and it's something that has always been said, you know, it talks about um, people who win lottery. Why do people who win lottery um, more than more often than not end up being broker than they were originally? And the, 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 the truth is, is because they did not have the financial blueprint for success right. and maintaining those finances. Right, right, right. So you know what, to be honest, I, I really like that part of the book, because I spent at least three months on that before I started my debt repayment journey. Yeah. And I'm going to give you some some really good news. I've paid off three of my debts. Oh, amazing. I, yeah, three debts that I've held on to for a few years. And um, I dealt with the whole process of negotiating the debt. And so instead of paying it off in full, I did negotiate um, an arrangement of settling, but they, actually, they they reported it to the Bureau as paid in full. Correct. Now, that was a little difficult with some of them because they, they want more, obviously. And um, they will also tell you things that will make you feel that you need to pay off the full balance. Um, and then that had me kind of confused. So I just wanted to clarify something with you. Okay, so I have this debt and, uh, you know, it's on my bureau and I called the, uh, the company. I was told that if I do not pay the full amount, me settling the payment is basically still not a, a good look on my credit report. So if I do want to own a home in the long run, that still shows. It could still show as a negative um, payment, part of my negative payment history. Is that true? Okay, so um, it's twofold. So mm -hmm. the thing is, whenever you have uh, the like, whenever you, a, a lender is willing to settle, a settlement mm -hmm. um, could mean one of two things: it's that they've written off the debt and they're they're settling just because they want to get something, and mm -hmm. that would be similar to what happens when someone does a consumer proposal, right? Okay. Um, but there are times when lenders are willing to do some a bit of a forgiveness. So it, it is still technically a settlement, you know, mm -hmm. quote unquote. But what the big difference is, is how it's reported on the credit bureau. And every lender has the ability right. to report it one of two ways. And this is why I always say that when you're negotiating, it's, it's very important that you get things in writing to yeah. protect yourself. So if right. they report it on your credit bureau as um, paid Mm -hmm. as agreed but then you still settled in the background it is still a paid as agreed and you know from a, a creditor's perspective they don't know the terms of how you paid as like how you paid it right okay um however now when they put it as paid or settled 
or um, you know something when they say something like like where it's like more of a settled and that shows up on your credit bureau then mm-hmm. yes the any other creditor who's looking at your bureau can see that you never necessarily paid it in full um, okay. and then they know that there was a term to that um, payment and as such yes sometimes it it, it, it could be looked at um, I don't want to say it's a negative because lenders still like the fact that you took the the ownership and made a payment. So you will never be held back because you've made payment. However, the two do report very differently. Okay. Okay. Um, So this is why I say on the back end, you always want to try and settle. You always want to see if you can settle for two cents on the dollar or whatever Mm -hmm. they're willing to negotiate with you. You get that in writing, but then you want it to be reported on the bureau as though it was paid. Right. Okay. okay. Um, and once it's been reported as paid, again, no one on the back end is going to know what happened between yeah, you and that lender, that. right? It's okay. just between you and them. And okay. then to be very clear, even if something is reported as settled, which can mm-hmm. happen with, let's say, consumer proposals or anything of that nature, it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you're doom and gloom. Okay. I, I never want to make people think that it's doom and gloom. It's just a right. matter of knowing. Um, what the situation is. It does report a little bit different, but mm-hmm. there is still options available to you to get a mortgage, to get additional lending. It might cost you a little bit more as far as interest in the first little bit, but okay. it doesn't mean that, you know, all is lost. Okay. I always like to leave on a positive because there is always options and there all there always are solutions. Right. Okay. Okay. So that is, that's, thank you for that clarification because um, it was a little tug and pull with some of them and they had me a little stressed out because I'm like, no, 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 I don't want that. I want this. I want it to look final. I want it to look good. Correct. But um, I did speak to one of them, one of the credit, the uh, debt repayment people, and they were like very, she was very informative and she, she explained what you said but I wanted to ask you because you know I'm following your guide right yes (laughs) so with that said that's great thank you for answering that question um also within the credit uh, the credit area what is a good credit rating for a person that's interested to purchase a home as a first-time home buyer okay so and this is uh I know we get so caught up on the score okay right but so i want to kind of put this as a caveat as well so there's more than just the score that a lender looks at right um which i know everybody knows but um sometimes people get so fixated on the number that they forget that what's reported on the bureau and the Mm -hmm. length are just as important um and i'll kind of give you an example as to why what i mean by that in a little bit but for mm-hmm. the most part, if you have a, at least a 680, um, I would say that would be like the magic number, um, a six, maybe 660 to a 680, um, you should be in the zone of getting quote unquote a lending, okay? And okay. Um, when I say quote unquote a lending, because in our financial world, you know, we have, and I don't like to really call them tiers, but they are different tiers of lending. There's like a you know, the A lending, B lending, and there's sometimes the, even the, 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 the privates, right? So, or tier one, right. tier two, and then private lending, right? So the mm-hmm. goal for most first-time home buyers, and not only first-time home buyers, buyers in general would want to have at least, um, I would say minimum 660, really 680, I would say would be the push. Um, okay. And that's because that would almost guarantee you, depending on what, what's reported on the bureau, to qualify for an insured mortgage, And that's what becomes very important because um, the insured mortgage is what allows you to put down as little as the 5%. Anything um, that is uninsured requires a 20% or higher deposit. Um, And then the unfortunate part is that if you don't have that minimum credit score, um, most lenders uh, will decline. And then you would have to either A, improve the credit score and or build up your deposit for um, the down payment. Okay, okay. Okay. And then I know I had mentioned um, about what's a good score. The reason why I say there's a caveat to it is somebody who's just brand new to credit, Mm -hmm. um, who's probably had a credit, only one credit card, has never missed a payment, has had the card for, let's say, eight months. It is very likely that person with eight months worth of credit could have a 700 
and 40 score, right? Right. Um, but somebody as a creditor looking at that person with an eight month history with that 740 or 780, whatever score, they won't put as much credence in that person as the person who's probably had credit for the last 10 years, but has okay. a 690. You know, they'll okay. probably give yeah. higher weighting to that person with a 10 year history with a 690 over right. to somebody with eight months who has a 700 plus score. Mm-hmm. So that's because why of their habits. Say, exactly. So mm-hmm. that's why I say it's not only about the number, it's about the history is very important as well as um, what's reported on the bureau. Okay. So I was at the bank one day and the lady, the, the, the banker said to me that, okay, I got my credit card. I got my, I got a credit card again. So that's another piece of good news that you need to hear. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. So, so with that um she was saying to me I I think it was in your book you said 30 percent is it 30 percent that you should try to spend on your credit card like that's what you should use only 30 percent try to use only 30 and then make sure you're paying the minimum on time okay or is it yeah sorry yeah I don't know so um good question so uh, essentially Credit, the way that credit's supposed to really be used, mm-hmm. um, it, like, well, I shouldn't say really be used because ultimately we, we should be in a cash world, right? That's that's the yeah. gold, right? Gold. Right. Um, but if you are using credit for whatever reason, um, it's take advantage of the 21-day grace period, which means if you are using a credit card, you use it, you pay it off in full within the 21 days to ensure that you're not subject to any interest, right? Okay. Other than that, really there is a poor money management somewhere down the line. Okay. If we go outside of this, Mm -hmm. but the reality is, is we know that people are carrying balances. Um, So I would be far removed to pretend as though it's not something that happens within our society. Right. What I, what I, when I refer to keeping balances below a certain threshold, it's more about um, utilization and utilization is one of the big factors that affects individuals credit scores mm-hmm. and their credit reporting so the two major things that affect individuals credits where i have found in my history as to why credit is uh tends to be weak and or very low is okay. because clients either a are missing payments so not mm-hmm. making the minimum payments on time or okay. they have enormous balances so the easiest thing for me to say to people is if you do have to carry a balance, which again, the rule should be that you're paying it off in full in 21 days. But for whatever reason, if you are carrying a balance, then you're going to want to keep it below 30%. Because at that point, it then shows to creditors as though you're not dependent on credit. Mm-hmm. And anything okay. above that, you become more of a, uh, a credit risk. So then lenders mm-hmm. start, you know, grading you at a higher risk of default because the more credit that you have outstanding, when right. times become tough, the, the higher the chances of you defaulting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so thank you for that clarification as well. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to, we, you mentioned something about com- com- consumer proposal earlier. And then I just wanted to know, like, how does consumer proposal and bankruptcy affect um, a person's person who's interest in, interested in owning a home, like purchasing a home? Okay. So if, say, you've been discharged from the bankruptcy mm-hmm. um, and the consumer proposal, I know there's a grace period as well. I don't know if you have to be discharged, but well, how does that affect an individual's purchase of property okay so again um there's always a solution available so it's never doom and gloom so even if somebody who has filed bankruptcy Mm -hmm. um usually uh usually six months you know you usually get discharged in in Mm -hmm. most case scenarios from a bankruptcy um and then usually after you've been discharged you are then open to receive additional funding from lenders the thing is, is the lending options and the pool of lenders, um, the funnel becomes a little bit smaller, okay? okay. And then when the funnel becomes a little bit smaller in anything, um, mm-hmm. you can understand um, that the, the cost associated with that then becomes a little bit higher. Right. So again, there is always a solution. It just may cost you a little bit more, Um uh, but for the average person who maybe doesn't want to pay more in interest, doesn't want to miss necessarily pay more in fees, perhaps doesn't want to put down as large as a deposit as they 
may be required in order for that to work. I would say you need to be waiting out at least a two-year period of rebuilding uh, credit, showing that you've learned your your lessons, Mm -hmm. reestablish some credit history. And then after the two-year window, um, the the pool of lenders should widen. Okay. Okay. Um, Okay. Again, so again, once you've been discharged, lenders are still available. It's just Mm -hmm. a matter that the pool is small, which means it may cost you more. The same is true for a consumer proposal, because Mm -hmm. in the eyes of, and this is um, the thing about consumer proposals, I find that uh, when people are going through them, they're not fully educated as to the ramifications. They have a similar ramification as a bankruptcy um, in that, um, again, you need to be discharged from the consumer proposal or the proposal needs to be settled or finalized. And then um, again, after that, you could still get a mortgage, but then the pool again is is limited until you've proven that you've learned your lessons and learning the lessons means you've established some credit outside of that window, which again is about a two-year period. The difference okay. though between a proposal and a, a bankruptcy is again, most bankruptcies you can be discharged within six months in mm-hmm. most cases. Um, a proposal for the most part, it takes at least three, minimum three years. I have seen proposals go a little bit longer, um, okay. but I would say for the most part, proposals may take three years. So for a proposal, it's three years plus then maybe two years to reestablish credit. So that might be a five year journey for somebody in, right, in right. Total, totality, um, whereas with a, a bankruptcy, it's six months plus the two years. But again, I want to oh. be very clear with both 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 situations you could get Mm -hmm. a mortgage right away it just will cost you a little bit more okay okay so that's good to know because um I like I've already disclosed it on my first episode I had claimed bankruptcy a long time ago Mm -hmm. and the thing is I was just a negligent young person and did not (laughs) take care of it I left it and then after um once I got a discharge it's like okay I still have you know I didn't develop the best habits like you said they want to see that you can take care of yourself you know what I mean yeah so what I that's why this time around I said you know what whatever debt I have I am responsible for paying it and I'm going to pay it myself because I need to develop the habits right of making sure that I'm taking care of my stuff not only that um it's my response it was my responsibility in the first place right so it's allowing me to just really be mindful in what I'm doing um, in every way that I spend money now, um, not taking up credit unnecessarily, you know, payday loan places are a hell of a place to go, but I can understand that in sometimes people do need a little extra funds. You know what I mean? You can't necessarily always get from family or friends. So we just have to be careful with certain decisions that we're making and then know what our purchases are. Why, why, what is it that you need this money for? Can it wait? How important is it? You know? So yeah, it's, it's, it's all about my mind now. And um, as I also said, like I'm, I have a son and I want him to see me make better decisions when he sees that, then he's going to grow making better decisions for himself. Right. So, but exactly what you're saying, Natalie is exactly, you know, back to that first chapter in the book about Mm -hmm. the the blueprint. Right. So until we truly get to the understanding of what is at the core um, of things and why, what makes us tick, why don't we do certain things the same way, same way people sometimes struggle with diets or sometimes people struggle with their eating is they mm-hmm. have to get to the root causes to why things are the way that they are, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's why, and um, I'm very thankful that you, you know, that you you reset your own life as far as figuring mm-hmm. things out because yeah. uh, I'm always a positive thinker and I always believe um, everything happens in the right timing. And, yeah. um, you know, you said you're 40 earlier, 40 is still young. So you still have a lot of time to achieve all of the financial big goals that you've set for right. yourself and to be that example for your son. So, you know, you're going to see that the next couple of years, you're going to be soaring without any problem or hesitation. And I'm super proud of you for that as well. I am. Thank you so much. I appreciate you saying that because let me tell you something. I've spoken to some people in finances and they make it seem like, 
uh yeah you're you know what you don't have this you don't have that well you're in a bad place because you only have so much time left and I'm thinking hold on yeah (laughs) why are you limiting what's going on in my life you know what I mean why are you saying this so it when people do that for me it's like motivation don't tell me I can't do something exactly I mean there are certain things okay you should know what you're capable and not capable of doing but at the same time, you wouldn't know unless you actually try. Exactly. You know? And I so, believe this is a part of your story, a part of your journey. Because mm-hmm, at the mm-hmm. end of the day, what has resonated with me, like I've always been that person that has always wanted to share, give information. I've never been a hoarder of information. Never, never, right. ever. Right. Um, yeah. And so once I discovered, I started, I, you know, you read my book. So, you know, I worked in the bank and I realized yeah. a lot of things. And I, wh- as I was learning things, I was always the person that was sharing. Oh, my God. Did you know? Did you know? Did you know? But mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not far removed. I understand, like, you know, um, disadvantaged communities don't, under- don't learn these things. I understand yeah. that, you know, marginalized people don't learn these things. And not everybody mm-hmm. is like myself. So right. for me to now turn around and not try to give hope to people simply because they don't have that same natural knack as myself, it's it's mm-hmm. very selfish and it's not yeah. a part of God's order. Because at the end of the day, God could replace, you know, or put you in a level that surpasses everybody else that has kind of put their nose up to you. That's Amen. just because of how, you know, how, how, how he is. And at the end mm-hmm. of the day, um, the fact that you've taken the opportunity to really, really learn and delve into this and now even take it up as your own mission. It's, right. it's, it's, it's a, it's a really great thing, you know? So I would Thank never you. look at it and say, Oh no, 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 you're far. No, you have so much time ahead of you and amazing things are coming. Right. Amen. Yes. Amen. Thank you. So I have one more question before we just go into another area of, of the podcast. Um, I'm going to talk about, you know, the pandemic uh, and our finances. But I want to know, you know, if you are a part-time worker and say you make, you make a good amount of money part-time, how does that, because I've heard that if you are part-time, you may not qualify for a mortgage. You have to have a full-time employment. So what is the role of full-time employment and then self-employment with um, going forward with a mortgage? Okay. So the, 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 the rule of uh, thumb, and again, mm-hmm. every lender, there are lenders that have exceptions to this, but I would say the broad okay. base um, rule, which mm-hmm. I would say about 80% of lenders utilize, is um, as long as you've been employed with that uh, company for two years or more, right. okay, um, they will use the average of your two last years. So we would look at your, an, an example, if I was in this year, I would look at your 2019 and 2018 uh, T4 income. Okay. Use the average of those two to determine what your annualized income looks like. And as long as the income isn't outside of a 20% window, they mm-hmm. will utilize that those funds. Um, there are some lenders, as long as you are not on probation, your guaranteed um, minimum guaranteed hours, they will look at that income right away, right? So there's a lot of lenders that do that as well. So let's say if you're part-time, but you're guaranteed 30 hours a week, they Mm -hmm. would then just say, okay, 30 hours times whatever your hourly rate is, this is what we're going to use as your income, okay? Um, But let's say you're a nurse, because I find this very common. You're a nurse, you've been with the hospital for, let's say, six years, but you've never been able to get a full-time position just because of how the, the, the health care system yeah. typically is. Right. They would use your last two years average. And then when you work overtime, shift premiums, all of that, they will take that into consideration with your two years average. Oh, that's good. Okay, that's good to know. Because I, I do have, uh, you know, it's a good role that I am in. And it's part-time income but I do make quite a bit of money. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just like, if I can't get full time cause they don't hire full time. Yeah. I don't necessarily want to leave my job <laughs> yes, yes. To, to get full time somewhere else. So that's good to know. That's good to know. Thank you. Um, so in light of what's happening right now, we're in trying times. I mean, this COVID pandemic has just hit us and people are in hysteria. We don't know what to do. We don't know what to expect. Um, you know, going back to the money blueprint, 
we set ourselves up we have our mindsets ready to go and now oh lord I don't know where my next paycheck's coming from and I have all these bills. Mm -hmm. What would you say to encourage someone to stay the journey, but at the same time, uh, you know, be mindful of their current responsibilities? Because as much as, you know, a lot of people are going through deferral deferral of mortgage payments and they have the option possibly for rent in the next few weeks, Um, there's still some of these bill collectors who are going to be calling people and stressing people out, you know? So how would you say a person can deal with their goals, but at the same time handle Mm -hmm. what's happening with this pandemic? Okay. So I will say, um, obviously what we're going through is something that I I don't think any of us in our time have have personally experienced. Right. Mm -hmm. So, it is something that we're kind of playing by ear, but again, um, I always try to stay in air on the side of um, positivity, right? Wherever right. possible. Yeah. Um, what I will say is if you're in a position and you can still afford to make your payments, I would mm-hmm. say you should still make your payments Yeah. because exactly what you're saying that even though some lenders are offering deferral options, mm-hmm. um, it is a deferral. It is not a forgiveness. Those are two different things, which means you will eventually have to still make those payments Mm -hmm. and you don't want to be just putting off these payments simply because you can. Yeah. So that's one. If you can afford to make the payments, still do so. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're like, you know, I'm assuming like a good chunk of Canadians where we where you probably really can't afford to make the payments, you might have been laid off. Um, I know personally, I've gotten calls from clients from family members, from friends who uh, who were in traditional, I guess, part-time jobs. Right. And they've been basically told to stay home. Mm-hmm. And in situations like that, this is what I say is we need to get back to basics. Like I, I've been, this is my, I think back to basics has been my word. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like I the do last use. couple of, of weeks. And yeah. it's basics with everything, you know, okay. um, but it really is. So when we talk about, um, when people have been messaging me and saying, oh my God, the market's down, I should invest in this. And I'm like, do you have an emergency fund? Well, why are you investing? Like that literally is the basics because for people who've, you know, and it's not to knock people while they're down, but for those people who've already saved and have an emergency fund, this is the time where they're going to show their hand that saving that extra money into the emergency fund is for moments such as we are in right now. You've mm-hmm. lost your job or you're, you're being told that, you know, we're gonna, there's no hours for you. We're closing down. Now is the time for you to dip into these emergency funds. Okay. Right. But again, let's say now you don't have the emergency funds. You, you, you never, you neglected to understand the importance of why you needed to do that. Um, Mm -hmm. I would say research all of the programs that are available. If you have to defer your loans or defer your mortgage in order to keep your roof over your head to not have the extra anxiety and stress in this moment and in this time, I say Mm -hmm. do it. Don't let pride get in the way, right? If you need to, um, I know that the government is offering things for, you know, additional EI options for people who perhaps traditionally don't qualify if this is something that you need to take advantage of, again, don't let pride get in the way. You're right. Um, on. You know, yeah. look at all the programs available. I, I will say that pride kills m- more people than not. Um, mm-hmm. And if you need assistance, there are professionals out there that are willing to help walk you through these steps, what willing to walk and guide you. Um, I know for my clients, I've been very vocal and saying, reach out to me. I've been calling people. Oh, yeah, you do your lives. Yeah, and taking (laughs) advantage of it, right? So, and then what I will say is, while we're going through this motion, (laughs) and let this be a lesson. So as soon as the tide turns, it is so important that you, A, figure out where your finances are. So now that you're back to work, things get back to normal, figure Mm -hmm. out where your finances are going, figuring out what type of budget works for your family including in your budget, an emergency fund, you know, um, do you have the sufficient coverages for insurance, disability, like all of these things, these are again, are the foundational pieces 
that I have literally been preaching on for years, like literally, like, and it's not just to toot my own horn, but these are the things that I've been preaching on. But I understand sometimes finances can be boring and right. sometimes people don't realize the importance of them until they impact them. Let well, this... people are also too flashy. Exactly. Sometimes we're, we're also spending the money uh, in, in ways where it's like, you know what, you're not making a good decision. And I've been there. You know Correct. what I mean? Yeah, we so, all have, right? Yeah, but this is yeah. where we say get back to the basics yeah. of things, right? So mm-hmm. once we've gotten past this, we are past the tide. Like, you know what? We've run the course. Then do what we need to do to get back to basics. Build up that emergency fund so that you will never feel powerless again, you know? Hmm. Um, but again, if you don't have a need for these resources, then right. leave them alone because you yeah. will have to eventually repay. Pay, pay it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. But if, you, right. if there's a need, they're obviously there for a reason, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so also, I mean, even with right now, people going in the grocery stores, I mean, people's carts were for the last few weeks, excessive amount of food. I, I myself, I'm not even going to say I, I haven't, I've, I have food. You know what I mean? Because I got nervous and um, I'm also, I don't want to be caught in a situation where they're telling us to stay away from people and then I'm going to get caught up in the store when everybody's there. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. But at the same time, I also had to catch myself at one point. It was like, Natalie, calm down. Stop going into the grocery store because you have enough for at least, you know, the next few weeks or even a month yeah if i'm good for a month out i don't have any reason to leave my house to go back to the grocery store that is unnecessary spending it right is. it is so i had to even catch myself in that way and it's like stop watching the news as much um you have to stay informed but you also have to use your common sense and also uh think responsibly right yep that's exactly yeah. it Natalie. and this is back yeah. to what we said back to basics yeah. It's like, um, yeah. again, I don't know, obviously, your listeners' backgrounds, but I right. grew up in a Jamaican household. We definitely grew with, you know, I'm not going to say we had nothing because that, that would be very, you know, uh, that would be a lie. Yeah. But we right. knew how to make do, right? Yeah. And I yeah. think this is a moment where it's reminding us that getting back to basics, reminding us that we know how to make do. Mm-hmm. And um, it's so funny that we're even discussing this because... Um, my husband and I were talking about, you know, these are the survival skills that we both grew up on, like me and mm-hmm. I, and it's like, maybe our kids were in a bit of a bubble because, you know, we've been able to provide them with a different lifestyle than what we grew up in. But this right. is now a reminder for us to say to them, well, this is what we talk yeah. about, you know, waste, yeah. you know, when you're, when you're saying, oh my God, I'm hungry or I'm starving. You don't know mm-hmm. starving. You don't know hunger. You know, right. you don't, you've never experienced that before. So maybe mm-hmm. you can't have three bowls of cereal today. Maybe you can only have one, you understand, mm-hmm. but you're mm-hmm. not going without, you're not going, you know, and it's just really, really getting back to basics. It's like, how are we maintaining our health? I remember yeah. growing up, we would always, um, like we would, uh, like people are talking about ginger and lime now, like this is some new thing, right? But like, I grew up on ginger and lime. I grew up on these things, right? So it's like, you know, so like literally when I say back to basics, it literally is with every single thing, every single thing, you know, a want not, waste not. It's like, why do we have to have this excessive lifestyle? We really don't. This Mm -hmm. is, I guess, a reminder that we have been living way bigger than we yeah. needed to yeah. Yeah. and um I, I i honestly i i was literally thinking this morning like god what is what is the lesson in all of this yeah you know? yeah we were saying 2020 is supposed to be the vision year and literally what god said to me and i know this is not to try to make it like a preachy thing because i, I no. that's not what i want but i want to share with that's you okay. my genuine this was my genuine revelation like that i kind of had like my own aha moment this morning was that okay. this is the vision. This is the vision. God is showing us and reminding us that how we've been living up until this point has been extremely excessive. So when mm-hmm. we talk about 2020 and the vision year, this is yeah. this is it. You know, why do we need yeah. to have our finances in a shamble? Mm-hmm. You know, why do we mm-hmm. need to have so much 
processed food in our lives? Why aren't we living a healthier life? Why aren't we connecting? People sometimes mm-hmm. have been crying to connect with their kids. Now is your opportunity to really connect and hone yeah. in and pour into them. You know, yeah. I know I'm seeing stories about and memes about, you know, oh, come and take these kids and when is school coming back? Mm-hmm. The, uh-huh. the first teacher of every, that any child should have should be the, in their bad. own home. And if, you're, if yeah. you as a parent can't do that, then this is yeah. a lesson for you. It's not to knock anybody, but this is a lesson. Mm-hmm. What resources do you need to sharpen yourself up on? in order to be that first teacher, that true first teacher for yourself, you know? And then... I don't have that clapping out, no, I'm clapping right it's now. It's true, though. But so, like, these are the things that I, like, you know, as I'm yeah. sitting there and I'm saying, God, what is the lesson? What is the lesson? What is the lesson? Because there, there has to be a deeper, bigger lesson. And this is what it is. And if we can't pour into our own selves, our own children, our own families, and then even our community, we know that there's people around us that are not mm-hmm. doing as well as we are. And if you can't be a resource for these people in this time, then really, mm-hmm. what is it that you're doing? Use this moment mm-hmm. to sharpen yourself. Sharpen yourself. Woo! Listen, listen, stop. I'm gonna, I'm waving you. I'm waving. <laughs> I feel like I'm in church. And the reason why, I, like, honestly, I'm going to tell you something. I appreciate that you shared the word that was brought to you, God, God speaking to you, mm-hmm. because... I am very, very, um, when it comes to God, I, I am so happy to declare my relationship with God. Mm-hmm. There's no shame in Amen. that. Yeah. And I had moved to Edmonton. And when I had moved to Edmonton for a little bit, it was because it was so heavy here. Yeah. Okay. And I said, I had to get this book. It was um, Joel Austin's You Can, You Will. Yes. And in that book, it had like different steps on just, back to basics you know what I mean who are you what is your relationship with God who is God and it just went through all of this stuff right yes and and then after there was a segment it was like your prayer pray with intention yes right so I said you know what I'm going through this and I need this and I always hear it's not what you know it's who you know yes so I said you know what I need to start praying to meet the right people Mm mm-hmm meet the right people who will push me or encourage me to get into the, you know, places, the place that I want to be in or I desire and deserve to be in. And honestly, the last few years has been so awesome. Um, It's very hard at times because it's like you miss certain friends that you have and whatnot, but at the same time, Hey, it's part of growing up. You know what I mean? I got decisions. I have a a child. I have my life that I want to live. I have to do what I got to do. So which means you disconnect from people. It has nothing to do with animosity. You know what I mean? But I'm so happy that I actually had the opportunity just by going back on social media, you know, to be introduced to you. And then also um, also just be able to have your book, right? Your book is awesome. Hello? yeah sorry about that so what what I was saying was like just having that meeting the right people you know yeah meeting people and asking God to allow me to be placed in the position where I can and someone referred to me me to you on social media in a time where it was like I was gung-ho on getting my finances taken care of yeah and I needed something and I felt like I like I said, I was watching, reading a lot of stuff that's going on in America. And I'm like, I need what's happening here in Canada. Yes. You know what I mean? And it was the right time. And then when you had the book signing, I was like, you know what? I got to go meet this lady. Yes. <laughs> I got to go meet her. And I, it happened. And I'm so happy because things are moving in my life. You know what I mean? Amen. Small steps, but they're going. They're going. And it was also like you said, if you know something and you're not sharing things with people, that's not good. That's not what God is intended for us to be here to do. We are supposed to be sharing, you yes. know, sometimes other people will look at you and they're thinking, what, why, why do you choose to do this? How, where do you come off 
feeling like you know how to teach people or speak to people about such a topic. You got to find, follow your path. You know what I mean? So I'm glad that you did that by writing the book. And um, on the other hand, on the, on the long or the short end of the podcast, which is the ending, I'd just like you to speak about the Money Boss Up program, because I think that is very beneficial for me personally. I didn't go through with the program, but it doesn't mean that I wouldn't, because I know there's a lot of other things that you guys offer in that program that would be an asset. I know it will not necessarily be beneficial at this time in my life. But knowing that there's a program as such, can you tell the viewers about the Money Boss Up program and um, how they can get involved? Yes, definitely. So Money Boss Up um, is a program that I established with my partner, Ladine Dockery, mm-hmm. who um, owns her own uh, uh, investment, like her own financial firm. Right. And what we have basically done is she and I are very similar as far as um, our belief in educating on finances educating on our people's uh, relationship with money. So it's a five month program where it is an intimate class. We have uh, no more than about 15, 20 students uh, Mm -hmm. per session. And what we do is we really, really um, uncover all of the issues and unmask all of the issues that are facing our students. So we do go through things such as money mindset and your money blueprint. We talk about um, investment strategies We talk about debt management and um, credit management. We go through a session on budgeting. Um, We have a session where we bring in um, a realtor that they talk about different investment options when it comes to real estate investing. We have um, an an estate planning uh, session. We bring in actually in a lawyer who will then advise on wills and estates and um, living wills and testaments and why that's important to any sound financial plan. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have, um, we talk about taxes and tax efficiencies and the tax efficiency laws. We bring in an accountant for that session as well. Well, he will share with his, you know, his own expertise. So in addition to obviously it being led by Lady and I, we bring in experts within certain fields, fields right. that um, help on every angle and every level of an individual's finances. Right. And um, basically kind of introducing individuals to a financial power structure. And um, we've had great success. We started, we established it in 2018, um, have had great success from our attendees as far as um, we do track, you know, where attendees start off and then where they end with us and our relationship with them as far as how much debt they had in the beginning to where they are now. We look at um, who started businesses, who's been successful in establishing certain relationships Mm-hmm. Um, just even seeing where some of our graduates have, um, where they, where they are now, it's like mind blowing to know that we've literally had a hand in their success. That's so this great. is an all round financial academy is what mm-hmm. we really, um, oh, nice. established. And, um, to us, it's, there's nothing in the city, um, nothing in the country that's like it. Um, and I say this wholeheartedly. Simply because I know that there's a lot of seminars, financial seminars that are out there, but those are usually like a two hour, three hour, you know, day conference or day seminar. You're in, you're out Mm -hmm. and that's it. Whereas with us, we actually, there's an accountability. We have uh, our own private group where people will send us messages. We do one-on-one consultations. We want to see actual physical live change within our students' lives. So Mm -hmm. if you're coming in with, let's say $10,000 and you're in debt, Right. We want to see by the end, we can say that we've shifted you from 10,000 in debt to X, Y, Z in debt. And this is all tangible numbers right. um, that we have. So it's black and white. It's not fictitious of, you know, making you feel good or getting a person riled up after a seminar <laughs> for an afternoon. Mm-hmm. This is a lifetime relationship, which is why we like to kind of keep it intimate as well. Right. Because it keeps us accountable to them as well. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that because I actually met Ladine okay. um, at the secure the bag um, workshop. Yes. Yeah. And she, she listened that because, you know, I'm I, business is where I'm going. So yeah. I said, you know what, let me get to the, the workshops and learn a little before I start getting myself up there. And she was so informative. So I can imagine how the two of you work together to really structure some and implement some good tactics and 
and develop people's abilities, you know, whether it's both financially and then also she does, she deals with business development as well, right? Or coaching. Yes, yes. yes. So that's awesome. You know, Nicole, I'd really want to thank you for coming on today's podcast. You know, we've been trying to arrange this for a while, but at the same time, it's not when we want, sometimes it's the right time. And today, I am so glad that this show turned out the way it did. Um, I appreciate you. I appreciate you as well. And I appreciate your time. You have a blessed day. Stay safe. Okay. And um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Natalie. And thank you to your listeners. And I'm wishing you nothing but success. And I know, honestly, this is this is just the beginning. So it's it's amazing. And I'm proud of you. Okay. But enjoy your day and definitely stay safe as well. You too. You know what? I'd like you to share your contact information, your Instagram and everything else. So that way, if the listeners want to check you out, they know where to go. Okay, perfect. Um, so, um, Instagram is at I am Nicole and I C O L L E W I L L I A M S. That's on Instagram. Um, I can be reached as well, um, by email, uh, which is Nicole and I C O L L E at mortgages M O R T G A G E S B Y N I K dot com. My website is mortgages by Nick, so ww dot M O R T G A G E S B Y N I K dot com. Definitely if you if you're interested in anything that I've discussed um, or picking up my new book feel free to reach out and I definitely look forward to connecting with you guys. Awesome. Thanks for being at Money Boosting Mondays. You take care. Thank you as well. Okay, Okay. take care. Bye-bye. Thank you to all the listeners today. Hey, today was a great episode. There was a lot of information that was shared. If some of it's for you and some of it's for someone else, make sure you like it, share it, And uh, also, you have the contact information for Nicole Williams, so check her out. Um, You can look for me uh, at Reset with Nat on Instagram. And then my website is www.resetwithnat.com. In the meantime, be safe, be positive, be blessed. Money Boosting Mondays, I'm out.